Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The Telegraph. Telegraph. Podcasts. Fashion Unzipped, in association with Tag Heuer, Swiss avant-garde since 1860. You're listening to Fashion Unzipped. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Charlie Gowans Eglinton, Senior Fashion Editor at The Telegraph. With me in the studio today is Acting Senior Fashion Editor Caroline Leeper, and joining us on the phone is Head of Fashion Lisa Armstrong. This week's episode is a Paris Fashion Week special. So let's begin at the end with Carl Lagerfeld's final Chanel show. Lisa, you've interviewed Carl, you've been to a fair few of his shows. Yeah. <laughs> what did you make of it? Somebody turned to me at the end and said, oh, there were no celebrities. Where were all the, where were all the amazing celebrities? And all the old models, I'm sorry, you know, I don't mean old, but all the amazing models who've been in his shows over the years. It was actually quite a normal showing of models, wasn't it, Caroline? And and um, and then there was just one sighting, inexplicably and quite randomly, of Penelope Cruz. Penelope Cruz, with a um, single white rose. No, it was a camellia, I think, wasn't oh, it? Was it? Oh, was it? Wasn't oh, it? Oh, very I don't know, I'd have to drill into that picture, but I assumed it was camellia, I don't know. I thought it was quite nice actually that it was it was really dignified i went thinking oh my gosh there are actually going to be people in black armbands and they're all going to be histrionic and you know claiming that they knew carl since he was four years old and you know all that stuff that we saw on instagram multiplied to the power of 10 and actually it wasn't like that was it caroline it was just no they really could have gone several ways with it couldn't they and and there was like a rumor beforehand that all the models were going to have white ponytails and i was like oh god like that would be i don't know not <laughs> right these rumors come from not right yeah <laughs> exactly but it was actually all there quite was dignified. one there was one there was one model at least who came down the catwalk in a sort of carl esque outfit of skinny black Leather trousers. I think was that were they leather? I can't remember. But skinny black trousers and you know a white shirt with um, a sort of um, a black necktie that he, you know, a ribbon tie that he always wore. But what happens at Chanel shows, and it's slightly different from a lot of um, catwalk shows where they come down one by one or two by two, is that they sort of come down in a in a phalanx, don't they? It's like a battalion. I mean, there's. So it's always hard to know where to look. So when you get a car lookalike model coming down, she's sort of mingling with, you know, half a dozen other models who or who are dressed in, you know, pink tweeds or something. So there was absolutely nothing maudlin or sentimental about the show, which I thought was really nice. And at the very beginning, they had his voice, didn't they? A recording of his voice yeah. from an interview where he was he was speaking in French with his very German accent, and he was saying how when he when he was first offered the Chanel job back in I don't know when he was first offered the job actually, but he took it in eighty three. 
but apparently he was offered it twice because in the beginning everyone said to him, no, don't do it. That house is cooked. It's done. There's nothing you can do with it. There hadn't been at that point this this whole trend of dusty, fusty, even moribund houses being resurrected. I mean, we're used to it now. There's, there's so many Gucci, Balenciaga, Balmain, Lanvin. None of that had happened in the early 80s. So he, he was advised very strongly against it by all the experts, which just goes to show. <laughs> yeah, fast forward, you know, yeah. nearly four decades. I know. It's, it's probably one of the most successful. It all worked out all right, didn't it? It didn't. It was, it was fine. It turned out okay. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you think Virginie's going to do with the house, Virginie Viard? So this is his successor, uh, who has been working with Carl, you know, since 1987. Obviously knows the codes like the back of her hand, um, but isn't that big personality? You know, Lisa, I was reading your review and you talked about the fact that Carl knew how to brand himself as well as brand Chanel and create this persona and, and that helps to sell the clothes. And what do you think Virginie will have to do to take on that mantle? Well, it's a moot point, isn't it? Because um, Eddie Slimane over at um, first Saint Laurent and then Celine never gives interviews, doesn't come out onto the catwalk. There is, there, he's not a story weaver about himself. He's not even particularly a story weaver about the brand. And that hasn't stopped it being extremely successful. Um, Phoebe Philo used to give a few interviews, was clearly not comfortable doing it and, and didn't do it latterly. Again, very successful. I mean, neither of those brands, it must be said, are at the Chanel level in terms of revenues. But let's look at Gucci, another brand where Alessandra Michele really doesn't do many interviews, really very comfortable talking about himself, don't know that much about him really. Know a lot about his taste. He's very good on Instagram, does beautiful pictures of all sorts, you know, from interiors to crockery to, you know, a beautiful old 18th century textile. So I, I, I'm not sure that she would have to be as out there as Carl was. They have got many, many stories that they can keep spinning in that house, you know, about Coco. I don't know. What, what do you think, Caroline? Um, I agree. I mean, if you look at, you know, Alessandro Michele at, at Gucci, he was a relative unknown from inside the house who was appointed to that top position. And, and it doesn't, it, it's obviously been hugely successful to do that. It, it doesn't always have to be. It definitely doesn't famous... have to be a superstar. I mean, look, yeah. Tom Ford was unknown when he started at Gucci. Mm. He was a backroom person. I, I think what, what she needs to do is re, re, hit refresh, actually, on the, on the clothes. Yeah, definitely. The, the bags and the, and the I love the bags. You know, you, you can't... In uh, the world. Yeah. Is, is... And I think that, should, you know, that 2.55 flat bag, that's fine. You don't need to do anything to that other than, you know, keep yeah. doing it in different colours and tweeds and what, what have you. But the clothes definitely... You know, what we're seeing at brands now, actually, is that the clothes do speak quite loudly on the catwalks. Even if they account for a small a tiny proportion of sales, you know, maybe as little as 10 or 12% at many brands, absolutely set the tone of the whole of the whole brand. You know, I don't know what her taste is. I don't know if she will have her own taste that she's suppressed or whether she's very much on the same page as Carl. I mean, obviously there are those codes, you know, there's the Chanel suit, there's the, 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 the slingback shoe with the black tips, 
there's the twin sets. But, you know, you can take those in any way you want. Caroline, this was your first Chanel show. It and I was. Mean, what, a, what a show to start with. How did you take it all in? What what did it all look like to you? I know. I mean, for me, it was a bit of a bittersweet, strange kind of experience because, as you say, it was my first Chanel show, um, but uh, coincidentally, Carl's last. So uh, for me, obviously, you know, that thing where you've seen a billion pictures in your career of, 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 um, you know, the shows at the Grand Palais over the years... And then to actually walk in and be submerged in one of those sets, because the set is and was always Carl, obviously Carl's huge talking point every season. And this was an alpine snow scene. It was. It was. Was it alpine, alpine or Tyrolean? <laughs> I still don't know. We're not. We're not. We haven't confirmed where the, <laughs> the snow scene came from. But there yeah, were chalets. There and, and there were chalets which actually had steam coming out of the chimneys. There was snow on the ground, you know, it it, it totally lived up um, from that perspective. And yeah, uh, I did. I hope they it. continue with those sets. They yeah, are wonderful. They and what's great them. is when you walk into one, like you think, well, okay, this is good. This is quite fun. Mm. But it doesn't look real, obviously. But then when you see the pictures, it's so clever. It's so clever. And, and those... they really do. It does really look as though they took us all to the Tyrol. The backdrop is obviously, you know, 10 times taller than any person and, and goes all the way up to a sky. So, yeah, when you obviously you can when you're in there, you can see the ceiling of the Grand Palais. So, you know, you know, you're not really there. But yeah, as Lisa says, in the pictures, it literally like crops off and it's sky at the top. And you think... Also, I think by day 10 of Paris Fashion Week, mm. people are exhausted. And it's it's been the full month of shows as well. So you've seen just about everything there's been to see. So it's nice to go out on that high yeah. and to, to know that, you know, Carl would launch a rocket perhaps in a grand or that you'd see all your esteemed colleagues stealing from the Chanel supermarket. <laughs> that was a low. <laughs> we always talk about what's happening in the shows. Paris, I think in particular, people are fascinated by what goes on. What were you doing in between the shows? Lisa, let's start with you. Do you have any traditions in Paris? Oh God, I'd love to give loads of tips about everything. But no, honestly, this is what it's like, okay? You go to a show, you wait. In Paris, you do actually wait quite a long time for them to start it then starts you either rush to the next show or you rush back to your hotel or a cafe or whatever just pounding out some copy you're doing that all day long until about kind of 9 30 ish at night and then you go and eat far too late with some friends <laughs> wake up in the morning and start all over again I, i'm sorry that's what it's like it's i would really love to say i'm having the most amazing experiences in some hammer in the 19th arrondissement but I'm not. <laughs> Caroline? We did have a few nice dinners, didn't we? But very well, late. We do, dinners. but we never eat French food, do we? <laughs> what were you eating then? We, we, went to this, we went to this Korean place, didn't we, Lisa? Opposite our well, hotel. Well, there's, there's, okay, so there's this <laughs> Korean restaurant opposite our hotel in a tiny little street in the first arrondissement by the Palais Royal. And there's always really long queues outside yes, it. It's the only restaurant place? in the area with queues. And we've always thought, what are, what are they giving out there? Is it, I, I don't know, is it Lisa cocaine or... 
<laughs> Why is it so popular? Anyway, weirdly, we finally got a tape. Well, I was very clever because I got uh, Caroline and Sasha were in the queue and I said, well, I've just got, back, got to go back and write on the McQueen show. I'll join you. So I was lucky. I didn't have to queue. I joined them once they'd got a tape. How long did you queue? <laughs> we literally queued for 10 minutes. It was fine. It wasn't there. It was very you short. Out, you know, in the pouring rain. But, uh, no, no, no. It wasn't as bad. No, the other thing is that what's happened is um, the Gilets jaunes seem to have cleared Paris. I mean, when we got there, on, when I got there on Saturday, everyone was saying well, it's going to be so difficult to get around on Saturday to get to the shows because of the gilet jaune. And it was quite difficult in some areas, I think. It was really notably quiet. Yeah. It must be not good for business. And the other thing that you really notice in Paris, much more than any other city, is the security. You get bag checked at every show, don't yeah, you? Yeah, passports. and. Um, in answer to your question, that's what it's like for me during Fashion Week. Back in the day... I used to occasionally get a chance to go to the flea market at Clignancourt, which I always absolutely loved, or maybe go to an exhibition. But I think the way the schedule is now, it's the Chambre Saint-Cal, which organises all the French shows, thought they were being really, really clever by putting sort of a big show at the very start and a big show at the very end. So they thought everybody would have to stay for the whole 10 days. But actually... What Brits do in particular is because it's so easy on the Eurostars, just nip in and out of the city. So um, I go for bits and, and the bits when I'm there are very intense. So there's no time to go to exhibitions or a bit of a shame. I had a few nice dinners, but yeah, they were just very, very late because obviously the shows do run that bit later there. I went to one dinner that was by from Peter Pilotto. Oh, yeah. And I think Peter was going to be doing the cooking, which was intrigued me because that's was nice when a, I mean, it's lovely when a designer wants to cook for 50 of his closest friends. And, but when I got there, he wasn't very well. So they'd had to get caterers in, but it was delicious. And I broke out my turbanette. Did you? Oh, did oh you my do God, Lisa. It? Your night in a turban, it's happened. My night in a turban's happened. How was it? Well, do you know, I mean, obviously I felt a complete burke. Uh, yeah, I felt <laughs> a complete burke walking in the street towards the supper. But then I thought, well, Paris is kind of the city of turbanettes, isn't it? I mean, didn't they start? I feel they started there in the 30s. But anyway, when I got there, everyone, I mean, so many people had hair accessories. It was just like a turbanette. But actually, the CEO, the new CEO of Peter Plot said, I love your turban. And I said, it's a turbanette, actually. So, you know, turbanette, even better. And then he turned to, um, um, he turned to Peter Pilotto, the duo, Christopher and and said, well, I think you have to start making turbanettes. And I saw one of them just roll their eyes and say to me, thanks a lot. <laughs> now, listener, Lisa has been promising to wear said turbanette. For how long is it that you've had this, Lisa? A year? A year. A year. Is this the pink one? I've got Chu, three, actually. I've got three. Well, they were sent to me by Jimmy Choo because we were talking about hair accessories on this podcast a year ago. <laughs> and they they heard it and they sent these three for me to try. Anyway, then I, and I've written a piece for Stella that's coming out in two weeks or something about the rise of hair accessories. You know, do you have to be 17 to wear them or can you can you wear them at any age? And I actually, I really think you can wear them at any age. I'm going to crack that turban out, turbanette out again. Susie Bubble was wearing beautiful sort of crystal clips in her hair that spelt out words like sex and I don't know what the other... Though she was wearing one 
a couple of days later that I had some other word. Maybe the Ashley Williams ones? Yeah, that's exactly what they are. There, are lo- there were loads of accessory, hair accessories at the shows, weren't there? Yeah, on, 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 on the audience, not just on the catwalks. The actual Chanel show had loads of really good ones as well. Mm, they these, really um, did. Beautiful pearls and yeah. bows. And... and some of them were logos and stuff, which obviously everyone on Instagram was was putting on their feeds afterwards but um they also had like lots of lovely little symbols and but all just little hairpins so i'm sure it's not going anywhere fast that that no no i think um the opposite actually yeah so speaking of trends for grown-ups another surprise of the week was eddie slamane's second collection at (laughs) celine so after last season which was worryingly thin models in you know 80s micro mini dresses we had knee-length skirts, knee-high boots, blazers and jeans, silk neckerchiefs. I'm very confused as to whether this is new, new Celine or new old Celine. <laughs> is there thoughts? It was very 70s, wasn't it? I thought it was fab. Was your jaw on the floor when this started? No, my, my, I had a very turny-up smile. <laughs> I just thought, well, either he, is, he really took on board what the... Um, what the critics said last time. Oh, this is some massive joke at everyone's expense. I don't know. I don't know. It was so, so conservative, wasn't it? I mean, I, I thought there were beautiful things in there. But actually, weirdly, when it's very, very conservative, like, like, like wide, boxy, pleated tweed skirts, that's not that easy to wear when you're older, weirdly. You have to be really young to wear that kind of stuff. Otherwise, you, you just look, I don't know, you just look a bit bonkers. But, but break it down and there were beautiful, beautiful things, weren't there? I thought so. I quite like the scort, short, calotte, skirt, hybrid piece thing because I just felt like we, for all those people who love that pleated uh, midi length mm. boots as a combination, it's such an easy move, move on. I, I mm. What was funny was because after the reviews came out last time, the Celine press office came from Paris to London to speak to journalists who had written critically individually when it was my turn (laughs) I was told that it was only the Anglo-Saxons that had a problem with the show I did check afterwards to see reviews not by Anglo-Saxons it seemed to me that it wasn't only an Anglo-Saxon problem but anyway but clearly this show was addressed at the (laughs) (laughs) Anglo-Saxons well you did a great job I'm sure it's going to sell and sell but it was for grown-ups I think that was what felt like the difference the difference to yes me, but anyway. I mean so many they, they've all done grown up this season well with a few exceptions because the ones who are still doing athleisure it just looked really old-fashioned oh yeah but I they've all done grown up they've all, the neck scarf that sort of the good life you know Margot Ledbetter that neck scarf has been everywhere all the shows are so covered up Claire Wake Keller said at Givenchy you know, she was obsessed with tailoring. She said, what I love about covering up is that you realise you can look, you know, very sexy when you're covered up. And, it, and it's a very powerful feeling and it looks very refined. It was on practically every catwalk variation of that. There were the jackets. Everybody's going to want a jacket if they haven't already got one. They're going to want a really well-tailored jacket. They're going to um, want some very long boots aren't they, so that they can wear a skirt. Because I think skirts are back. We haven't really seen them in the forceful way that we did in the last month. I did an interview with Gabriella Hurst. Well, I didn't, I didn't really didn't mean to interview her, but it turned into that, Charlie. Because she's so chatty, isn't she? She is. She's, I went to her showroom to look at her 
fabulous clothes. And there she arrived. And she was wearing a skirt. I mean, sorry, I'm going to sound like a very leery um, old school. <laughs> I know bloke what you're going to say. She was wearing a skirt slashed right up to her crotch. And I said, oh, Gabby, that's, that's, that's a look. And I said, but, you, but it's okay because you're wearing these really thick black tights. Do you do your own tights? I mean, they're so opaque. It's, it's quite amazing. You know, you could wear any, any old slash thing with that and you'd look very covered. And she said, oh, no, no, they're not. They're, she said they're in-flight tights. They're deep vein thrombosis. Compression tights. Compression, compression tights. tights. She had compression <laughs> tights. <laughs> she wears all day long. She said that was her trick, didn't she, That for how she could wear a skirt yeah. so high up. Yeah, and actually it really worked because I think you could <laughs> even be in an office surrounded by men crossing your legs with your skirt slashed. I mean, I'm not saying that we all need to go and do this, but it is one way to tackle the slits and the slashes. <laughs> I'm not sure how comfortable it would be. I think it would be great. Really? I mean, that's like Spanx, but all over. Yeah. <laughs> if, I think if you're very slim, it would probably be comfortable. But if, like me, you've got anything that a Spanx actually sort of suppresses, yeah. <laughs> then I think it would be much less comfortable. Possibly. Anyway, look, there is a solution for us to consider. Opaque tights were everywhere generally, weren't they? Even at Vuitton. Yeah, even at Vuitton they were. So another talking point of the week and I had great fun writing a headline for this one referencing the borrowers perhaps or Zoolander <laughs> what is this a bag for ants I absolutely love that headline was that yours Charlie that was me thanks Liz. loved it loved it made me laugh when These I saw it in the car yesterday were the two inch handbags at Shackmas yes Two inches. Are they actually for sale? We're not sure yet. The normal size version of this handbag is £380 and is still smaller than an iPhone. The smaller than an iPhone. Small, mm. Smaller than... I, I looked this up, actually, Lisa. I really wanted to be sure of the facts here. But the micro one, it's teeny tiny. It's just... You just hold the strap with one finger. And actually, if it's a chubby finger, you might struggle. That Jacqueline is... <laughs> Does my finger look fat in this? (laughs) Um, It's funny because when I I did a preview at Dolce & Gabbana in Milan and they had a teeny, but but in comparison with this, it was practically a tote. But it was very, very small. And I said to Stefano Gabbana, what can you get in that bag? And he said, nothing. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little bit the emperor's new clothes, isn't it? But it's equally a fantastic marketing tool for Jacquemus because actually some import Jacquemus, he did a couple of seasons ago, these enormous hats that came down to your waist, if not your bottom, these big straw hats mm. that were the thing and these huge bags that, again, like trailing on the ground. I'm not sure who's buying it. I'm not sure who's wearing it bar women on Instagram. That's it. Jacquemus is, 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 you know, ripe for Instagram, isn't he? That's what he's doing it for. Like those hats, I remember, became like a beach, a beach must-have that last summer because... It was hang literally on, hang like, on. I didn't see them on a single beach. Uh, on Instagram. On, well, oh, exactly, on an Insta beach. Exactly, oh, an Insta beach. Very okay. different beach <laughs> yeah. to a real So, Lisa, I'm not sure that you're going to the same beaches as Instagram as Jacquemusa. quite a few chic beaches, Lord. Well, exactly. Yeah. I don't think these are on <laughs> chic they, they were like, bring your it's own It's like a shade. Chanel beach, right? It's, Although, it's the backdrop. It's quite a good way to save your space. That's because it. I do they hate bring that when people infringe I'm all for the discipline of a small bag but here's the question how small can you go because I've got one little really tiny bag that I love but I can't actually fit all that I need to fit into it so then I put a sort of overflow in my pocket and then I lose stuff that there is an optimal size for a bag and obviously 
it's different for everybody. You know, I've sort of almost worked out into the last centimetre what my optimal size is. Well, also, people talk about you can just carry everything in your pockets. You can't. I've got an an umbrella in my bag today. I know. How do men do it? Well, they have their man bags. But also, people carry those full-length umbrellas that are an absolute menace Um, on the tube. Yeah. I don't want to carry that. I tell you what I did see yesterday. Somebody, Nick Benson, who has a column for wallpaper, he was wearing oversized sunglasses case in crocodile alligator bobs slung round his Hermes sweater and he had his sunglasses in there and a phone, maybe a credit card. Oh, you don't really need a credit card what, if you've got your... What size phone was this? Was it an iPhone? No, an iPhone, but it was, an, it was an ex, sort of an extended sunglasses case worn high up on the breastbone and um, I was quite tempted actually. A necklace bag? Can I call it that? No, you cannot. <laughs> it's an extended it's just, sunglasses case, Caroline. My bad. Well, no, I think we can think of a better, a better, but it's a sunglass case, sunglasses case. His uh, husband, uh, Alvaro, the, the shoe designer, is going to is is going to produce these these sunglasses cases, but they're not going to call them sunglasses cases because you can also get extra things in them and they're right you know always to hand i, I must say f- i'm sure i'll be wearing one next season lisa but i'm currently puzzled skeptical of <laughs> of victoria i think it's always good to be skeptical of victoria <laughs> what are those um dogs that carry uh, St. some bernard's, St. bernard's. <laughs> <laughs> with his little barrel wouldn't that be great if we Not could all like take that. little dogs to the shows carrying our like <laughs> carrying the shackmas bag no, but- I think Caroline's suggesting that we are the dogs now. We're going to wear little <laughs> barrels around our Mini us. barrels. <laughs> Carry all our essentials. But do you remember, stars. like, ten years ago, when everybody was carrying practically sacks? What were, what were in those bags? What, when everyone had the giant bag? Yeah, giant Wasn't bags. the point of it that, that if you carried a bigger made bag, it made you look thinner? Yeah. So we're all going to look enormous if we carry oh <laughs> with our mini Chiquito Jacquemus bags. That's what it's called, a mini Chiquito. Chiquito. Which sounds very fun. Yeah, I must admit. No, it doesn't. It's a bag that you cannot fit anything in. It's a bag that requires a bag. You can't then, fit a two-pound coin in it. So don't you think we fall for these things all the time? No. Because also the bags that you, you have to clutch. What's the stupidest thing you've ever actually paid money for? I saw a fantastic thing on Instagram where somebody had bought in the past a bag on Vestier Collective mm. and hadn't looked at the proportions of the bag. Oh, yes, and yes. And it came and it was tiny. And she reposted that that bag that she'd bought back then saying, aha, I can finally use this because now this Jacquemus bag is so small. The tiny bag is, is finally a valid thing. That's brilliant. It is a doll's house bag. Fashion Unzipped in association with Tag Heuer. Excellence, precision, and elegance. Our timepieces are designed for those who love challenges. Speaking of which, have you seen the new new um, Adua Barbie? Yeah, yeah. She looks really good, doesn't she? she does look good. Albeit with very, very thin legs. I always wonder who's still buying Barbies. <laughs> oh, that's Barbies. a good question. Do you think the sales are on the wane? It's just a very outdated, I think. I know that they're going to great lengths to make them more diverse. The small girls and boys not play with dolls anymore i don't know i don't have any i don't know. i think they all just watch ipads <laughs> <laughs> looking from afar i mean it's obviously a very good branding tool it, it is helping to sort of clear any toxic toxicity surrounding barbie i suppose what did you actually want to buy 
everyone. I'm very taken with the idea of a coat trobe, i.e. a wardrobe of coats. I would like a Dries Van Noten silk party coat, a Givenchy blazer that I will belt, a la Givenchy, a Miu Miu wool cape, and a Chloe trench. So just, you know, a few bits. <laughs> Not going to spend much money. A swift 12 grounds worth of coats. <laughs> Perhaps more. 12. I mean, <laughs> that would be a bargain, yeah. <laughs> Caroline, what are you going to buy? Um, I Would you re- buy, perhaps? I really would like a nice jacket. Now, um, Lisa and I had this conversation about trouser suits. And in theory, I'd love to say that I'll try a trouser suit. But I'm not sure I'm confident enough and ready to, to, do, to go the whole way. So to start, I'll test the water with a nice new jacket. And I feel like I could get that in many, many places. There were endless options of good tailoring this, this season. Lisa, what's on your list? I absolutely loved the trouser suits everywhere. But I, I tried on a few when I went on appointments. I loved the ones at Victoria Beckham. They've got these really sharp shoulders, but not not too much. You know, you don't feel rigid in them. You, it, it, was, it was almost a slouchy cut. I was saying to Caroline, actually not a pretty colour in a way, like a dark, lichen, greeny, browny, blah. Walking on the moors colour, but a colour that's actually very flattering and goes with everything. So, so, so beautiful. I've realised that when you buy a trouser suit or any jacket, you need to check what it looks like worn undone as well, because I think most of the time you're probably going to wear that jacket undone. It needs to look good over a jumper or a t-shirt or whatever you're going to wear it with. So I love that. I also loved her sort of Sherlock coats, you know, the checked coats. I loved, there was this long navy blue at Gabriella Hurst made, um, it was sort of bias cut, made from, I don't know, 93 ply cashmere or something. Absolutely beautiful. And well, I'd love to wear that with a chunky jumper from anywhere. I mean, there's so many beautiful jumpers. And some, some knee-high boots. I don't know, the knee-high boots... You know, in my dreams, probably Delene or Saint Laurent. We've know. had issues with knee-high boots in the office, though. We have. Because Caroline, thankfully, didn't name and shame me, but Caroline wrote a piece <laughs> where she mentioned that a colleague had bought two I pairs the same. of knee-high boots from Cos, and they arrived, and they were too small for her fat calves, and I am that... Yeah, I know, I but Charlie, I told, you, to I told you to send those boots back, right? I and did. You said, a few people I've been there, lied me. to me and were like, you could wear them sort of slouchy and it would look great and they're actually really Half nice masked. and if you didn't realise that they were supposed to be worn all the way up and not slouchy yeah but they look no I agree they look nice but they also looked so they were uncomfortable yeah you don't because want... they were cutting off circulation yeah you don't need that <laughs> I, I think looking for the perfect slouchy knee high over the knee boot is going to keep us very occupied but I think it would be really good because I think that would be a really good investment because it's going to mean that all your summery dresses the skirts you haven't worn for years because you didn't really know what footwear to put with them it's going to make them really sort of wearable all year round but for me it's got to be a very soft boot I hate rigid boots because they just feel uncomfortable after a few hours and a nice block heel I totally fell in love with the tailoring at McQueen went and did a preview there watching Sarah Burton fit jackets onto the models honestly like watching an artist at work it's amazing they are perfect those jackets the jackets at Givenchy there was one particular black tuxedo that just had one revere revealed one one lapel and it was jewelled and oh my god that I mean that was the most perfect trouser suit beautiful um 
beautiful jackets as well at, at Dior. Love those. And really, I really like the jumpers at um, Dior. They were sort of fitted, quite feminine on the waist, and they had little ties at the neck. Just beautiful. I mean, the chicest jumpers ever. Lisa, it sounds like you're going to be spending quite a lot of money. No, no, I, I mean, I, I won't be able to buy half of that, obviously, a quarter of that. But everybody would be doing versions at all prices. But I definitely think a jacket and a, and a pair of boots will be my, my key buys for next season. But probably today, just pyjamas? Because it's a, a month of shows over. First yeah. day back at home. It's <laughs> lovely, isn't it? I've still got to unpack, actually. I haven't unpacked at all. I literally whipped out my toiletry bag and went straight to bed last night. I I got home at about, I don't know, did we get home at 11 last night or something? Yeah. And I just was on that sort of... And I was telling my husband really fascinating uh, gossip from the shows and details about, you know, Givenchy one-collar jewel things. And he was obviously completely mesmerised not. It was like one o'clock in the morning before we went to sleep. You were on a high. Did you bring home any spoils? Because... Marianne Jones and I went to Paris last week and we went to uh, Café Floor mm-hmm. mm. for a glass bottle, but we were with friends, of wine. And <laughs> a we glass went bottle. to Brasserie Lip and we ate roast chicken and mashed potatoes, or rather I did, even though we had just eaten on the Eurostar, if I'm honest, but I can't go to Paris and not have roast chicken and mashed potatoes. And then we went to, it's called City Farmer, and it's the best pharmacy in the world. I did a City Farmer. Did you, Caroline? Because I came home with a huge bag of toiletries. What can you get there that you can't get in London? Well, it's bigger the, bottles. It's cheaper. the prices, Lisa. Yeah. Okay. So you can I get... I think this is a good column that you need to do, Charlie. <laughs> yeah. well, it's my friend Sophie Bew, who's the deputy editor at another magazine, actually took me there, so full credit. And she she's a good one to follow around and see what she's putting in her basket. But you can get chlorine dry shampoo, multi-packs at like literally a quarter of the price. Really? John Lewis. Wow. Amazing moisturisers. They've got all the French pharmacy brands. And it's all half the price. That's a very, very good tip. Do you know what I would love? I'd love listeners to send me a tip for where to get a good omelette, okay? Home of the omelette. They, did they not? Did the French not invent the omelette? <laughs> I had one omelette while I was there. And How it was, was the it? dry. It was so dry and horrible. I actually took a picture of it. I didn't have a crop of I, I, I set myself the task last year of learning perfect five basic cuisine doorwards, one of which was the omelette. I googled film of um, Julia Child on how to make the perfect French omelette. I can make a French omelette better than this restaurant. Please tell me where I can get a yummy, yummy, runny-in-the-middle omelette in Paris. Answers on the back of a postcard. <laughs> yeah, send them in. Or, or, or a tweet. Answers on the back I of a tweet, an Instagram. In. <laughs> <laughs> it ruins Lisa's the magic. She'll take a tweet. <laughs> Je veux une omelette. <laughs> well, that's all we've got time for. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. This is our last Fashion Week special, so we'll be reverting back to our fortnightly format. I'll be back on the 21st of March with Eva Chen, Head of Fashion Partnerships at Instagram. We'll be talking about everything from influencers to what she loves about British food to putting her kids on social media. To join the conversation, email me at unzipped at telegraph.co.uk or find me on Instagram and Twitter at Charlie Gowans.
Fashion Unzipped in association with Tag Heuer, Swiss avant-garde since 1860.